So I don't know if anybody here, if you've ever been in a situation that no matter how well intentioned you are, doesn't matter how professional you are or friendly you try to be, oh, yeah. you're still accused of being a bad person. Yeah. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Good. I got a couple with me tonight. <laughs> Have you ever had a problem that seems like it just won't go away? Maybe you've tried everything that is in your toolbox and you still find yourself perplexed. Like, how come I haven't dealt with this yet? So what I want to do tonight, I want us to gain understanding tonight. To have the ability to solve problems. To be able to stay productive in the midst of adversity. That's hard, right? To have a heart of thanksgiving and continue to worship God when life gets tough. That's so important. So hopefully after this message, you'll have a little bit of more of that inside of you. I want to sow some seeds of, of hope and of wisdom. So I, I, I feel like this is important because we can get stuck on a particular issue that can stump our growth. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one thing, or one behavior, one <laughs> attitude yeah. could stop Never you from, from moving forward. The unresolved problems can feel like a hindrance in our relationships, our worship, or even our professional life. So solving problems is part of life. You guys agree with that? Yes. So the name of the message tonight is Our Only Problem is that we have a problem. Amen. Let's pray. Yes. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for what you have in store for this week. I thank you that, that there's a uh, there's a pinnacle. There's a high place that you take us to. There's mountaintops. And I thank you. I'm just believing that this week will be a mountaintop. Hallelujah. God, every effort that we've put through, we know that you see everything. You see everything that we invest. You see the struggle. You see the sacrifice. And I just thank you that when nobody else sees, that you see. Amen? Because problems, we're going to look at that. A lot of times it's our perception, right? It's how we see things. So last week, I, who was here, um, whoever was here would know that I spoke about the thorns on uh, the bushes and how there's hostility on earth. You guys remember that? And how God, uh, Jesus, had the crown of thorns and, and when he died on the cross and he broke that curse in a sense. He broke that curse, I think, in an in a encompassing sense, but there's still hostility on this earth. Can I hear amen? Yeah. There's still hostility. But it's broken in the sense as when the end comes, when everything is done with, hallelujah, yeah. there's not going to be thorns in heaven. 
Praise God. Who here's got a couple thorns on the little thorns? Here, come, come rub shoulders with me. Anybody? <laughs> I've got a couple. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the Bible has a lot of dysfunctionality in it. If you look at the stories. I mean, it starts off with Cain and Abel. Right off the bat. Anybody here have some family problems? Just a little bit. <laughs> Don't feel so special. The Bible is full. I mean, look at look at even Noah. He, he was getting mocked the whole time. David and Absalom. Moses was thrown into a river when he was a baby. Like, just get it. Ditch the baby. Jacob and Esau. Right when they were born, like, fighting. Man, the Bible's got a lot of problems in it. Even Jesus, our Messiah, was put on the cross. But you know what? I love what T.D. Jake said. I was watching one of his messages. And this is what he said. Something like this, along these lines. If you wait until you have no problems to start building your dream then you will never start building your dream. Yeah. Do you guys see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about this temptation that we have to put off things because we're waiting for yeah. this to be in order. I'm waiting for this to be good. I'm waiting to finish school to start my dream. I'm waiting for, uh, it could be anything. We all have these ideas in our head that if I get this in order, once I get married, then I can start ministry. Or whatever it is, right? So we have to learn to function in problems. Yeah, you still have to wake up. You still have to go to work. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I believe that if you can be intentional in your walk with God, that you can actually have the skill of dealing with problems. Do you know that a problem is like a uh, like a dog or a baby? If the more you feed it, the it grows, right? <laughs> right. If you keep feeding it, it's gonna keep growing. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what does it mean? Let's look at that word problem. Problem, okay? A matter or situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. Hallelujah, right? Yeah. A question raised for inquiry, consideration or solution. Hmm, there's a problem. I've got to solve it. An intricate, unsettled question. What the heck is going on? You ever had one of those? Why? What in the world is happening right now? That's a problem. A source of perplexity, distress, or vexation. Difficulty in understanding. So I want you to, to think about when you're having a problem, what you're feeling, okay? 
And as I prayed and I thought about this more and more, I brought it down to one thing. <coughs> what we identify as a problem usually comes down to this. It's a sense of powerlessness. The hydro bill is only a problem when you don't have the power to pay it. Hallelujah. So whatever you have the power to do and to deal with is not a problem. So that's the definition that I've, from this, from what I've read, it's really a feeling of powerlessness. When you're sick, you feel powerless against this sickness. <coughs> you have no power over it. Do you see what I'm, what I'm saying? I hope this is making sense. So we're going to look at how to deal with that. Okay. So one of the things that is so important when facing a problem is understanding it. Right. Hallelujah. Because the more you start understanding it, the more power you could feel <coughs> to resolve it. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his opinion. <laughs> I see people where I know what the problem is I'm trying to explain it to them but they don't even want to listen they just want to think of the next thing they're going to say what? you ever meet someone like that? Yeah. <laughs> like okay if you try to understand what's happening, it, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. It means it bugs, it bugs you. It bugs me to actually understand what's really happening. Psalms 118, 130. The unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Did you say 118 or 119? 119. Psalm 119. The moment you open your mouth, hallelujah, there's something that starts happening. So that's why before I say something, this is just me, before I say something, I'm finding myself becoming more and more of aware of myself. It, it, does this make sense? More and more aware and careful how I word things, how I say things, how I do things to avoid misunderstanding. And as much as I try to do that, I, I still fail. Anybody else? Fell that you yeah, somehow yeah. you got misunderstood. Yeah. Mm. 
Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2 to 5. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your ear to understanding. Hallelujah. So this is this is a posture of the heart that we we must have to understand what's going on in our life. It's a posture of inclining our ear and being willing to hear and understand what the Word of God says about a situation, the truth about a situation. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search it... You see the opposite of the fool and, and the wise person? The fool, is, they're annoyed. They, it's like, I don't, I don't want to hear the truth. The wise person is like, bring it to me. I get on your nerves. Okay, come on. Give me more. Okay, why? What? Give me more. Okay. You're right. Let me let me line this up with the Bible. Yeah, the Bible says this. And you're right. I've been kind of doing like this. I've been a little bit uh, mean. I've been a little bit selfish. Right? So, so it's your willingness to change and your willingness to hear. You seek it like silver. You search for it like hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the fear of God is one of the most important things. <laughs> I actually have like, yeah, you know how people say, uh, well, it's not really fear, it's just reverence. I actually am scared. Like, <laughs> I'm scared to screw up. Anybody with me? I'm actually scared to screw up. I actually, I, I am afraid. Because I don't want to screw it up. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's not sugarcoat it. A little bit of sugar on here. Oh, he's such a nice guy. I know he's nice, but he's still scary. <laughs> Just a little bit. I'm scared of my dad too. Like I was, you know, I'm, I'm scared of my wife. I'm just being honest. <laughs> it's a good thing. Like I'm not gonna come back at twelve. Like I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, having fear is a good thing. It's, it is a reverential fear, though. It's not a yeah. fear, right? It is yeah. a reverential. Because you don't have to. I don't got to respect God. A lot of people sin all they want, and they, they don't get hit by a lightning bolt. Right? But I have a special relationship with Him. It's my relationship. I value my relationship with Him. And it's like, yeah, like, you're seeing, you're, yeah, I, I don't want to screw this up right now. You got me in a good place. I got a family. I got business, I got good friends, I'm not hurt anywhere. Let's keep this going. Hallelujah. Yes. So I don't want I don't want to go do something stupid, a 15 minute thing that will make me feel ashamed of myself. Yeah. So when I come in, I, I don't even feel like I can worship anymore because I got something buzzing around my head that's making me feel like I'm not good enough. And that's not God doing that, that's just sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said the S word. I said the S word. Sin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I did. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Come on. Take it back. <laughs> so how do we solve a problem? You guys interested in that? Yeah. I, I was just praying. I was asking the Lord, looking at the Bible, trying to read, trying to understand what the Word of God says. <laughs> so number one, identify the type of problem. Have you ever had an issue and, and, and you're not sure, is this a spiritual problem? Is this a mental problem? Is this something with the hormones? Hallelujah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what does it do when you identify it? When you can identify the type of problem, what that does is that is called light that is actually shining on the situation so that you start understanding it. That's When you're actually asking yourself that question, what you're doing is you're, you're inclining your ear to wisdom. You're getting understanding. You okay there, Dono? You want some, uh, some water? Yeah, please. That's good. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Did you want to say something? You need a formula. Formula? To solve a problem. Oh. In math. Yeah. Equation formula. That's right. Hmm. Okay, so. <clears throat> Having a pragmatic approach. Okay, like seriously, if you don't have a, a paper and you don't have a notebook, I want you to write it on your forehead. I want you to write that down on your hand. I guarantee you, okay, next time you get all frustrated and irritated about something, I want you to have a pragmatic approach to it. So what is pragmatic? Let's look at that really quick. That means that you're taking yourself out of the equation. You're taking your feelings out of the equation. You're taking your involvement, your investment, hallelujah, your preconceived notions out of the equation. So that means if I have a problem with Gigi, which I probably won't, will never have, hallelujah, amen. When I sit down with Gigi, if I have a pragmatic approach, that means I'm not emotional about it. So... I want to understand the facts. I want to understand where did I, we didn't agree properly. So I'm not thinking of everything I've done for Gigi. Hallelujah. I'm not thinking of that last year, what she did to me. I'm coming in a professional manner and I'm talking to her in a pragmatic way. 
Hallelujah. That's that is so important, guys. I can't stress it enough. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 11. At that time, you, my people, will no longer need to be ashamed that you rebelled against me. I will remove everyone who is proud and arrogant, and you will never again rebel against me on my sacred hill. Being pragmatic is the opposite of being proud and arrogant. Hallelujah. That means you almost show up as a robot. You show up as a robot. And, and you just, okay, just, just tell me, like, like here, just tell me anything. There's nothing you can tell me that I can't handle right now. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> I feel like you guys aren't following me. <laughs> That's okay. How can I hammer this in? Everything that gets us in trouble is our pride or our arrogance. Is that true? When, when you're having a problem with someone? The moment someone could feel pride and arrogance, they could see it on your body language. Hallelujah. And right away, if your body language says pride or arrogance, right away, I'm on the defensive side. I'm about to karate kick you. Like, you're giving me that smirk right now, like, mm-mm, ain't gonna happen. I'm already, like, ready to karate chop you. Hallelujah. <laughs> but if you come and you say, you know what? I'm willing, I, I'm gonna incline my ear to understanding what is actually happening. Speak to me. Speak to me. Tell me everything that bugs you. Like you don't like my toenails, just tell me. Hallelujah. It's not, and then you, you just come in a place where you're just willing to hear anything. Hallelujah. Man, I think I just hit a home run right here. Seriously. Seriously. Tell me about Grand Slam. Come on, just run home. Run home. Come on, baby. Just run home. Just slide. Toenails? Toenails. <laughs> or maybe you're too spiritual for this. This is not spiritual enough. <laughs> Come on. This is what happens every day, I'm telling you guys. The reason people get offended is that they're not pragmatic about it. I don't even want to hear what you got to say. I'm going to make up all these interpretations of what you're saying. I got all kinds of presumptions. Hallelujah. I'm not even hearing what you're saying. Like I could be telling someone 20 good words and all they hear is the one negative word that I said. Like... I just said 20 good things, and all you heard was the little, not even a criti criticism, like just a little note that I took on the side, like, you got these 20 things good, but just 
Just so you know, one little thing. And you know what most people understand? That one little thing. Oh my God, don't be that person. <laughs> Help me God to not be that person. So what I'm saying is, is being pragmatic is taking yourself out of the equation, just being a, a computer and hearing what is actually said and hearing every word, not just the words that I want to pick in here. Hallelujah. Bring it to me because I'm inclining my ear to understanding what is actually happening. And you know what? People will start blaming you. They'll start criticizing you. Hallelujah. Anybody ever had that? Yes. They don't even know they're doing it. Hallelujah. People's skills are so important. Because you can kumbaya all day and raise your hands. And if you don't got people's skills, you're not shining the light of Jesus, really. Because people hate you. I don't like that person because they, they, they're Christian, but they're jerks. Hallelujah. Come on. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Hallelujah. I should just preach on just this. Hallelujah. So this is what I'm talking about, being pragmatic, okay? This is what you're focusing your mind off of. Whenever you feel tension rising in your home, in your house, okay? Take your focus off of self-entitlement. Hallelujah. Presumptions. Expectations. <coughs> Personal feelings, desires, agenda. Why? Because you actually want to solve the problem. The point, the point is not about being right. It's not about being right. It's about solving. It's about understanding. Because the person is telling you that for a reason. And there might be valid and what they're saying. Hallelujah? Okay. Number three. Try to understand the problem. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart. So I already, I already talked about this. Okay? Understanding is your willingness to incline your ear. This is so important, guys. This is, goes for business. This goes for family. This goes with friendships. This goes with people that care about you in your life and they have things to say. Hallelujah. Okay, number four, develop an action plan. Okay? 
Is that in the Bible? Yes, it's in the Bible. <laughs> you know what a lot of people do when they have a problem? Complain. <laughs> That's what I do. I complain. You're not going to solve the problem un until you have an action plan that follows it. So I don't know, whatever your problem is, even if it seems like it's bigger than anything you could ever imagine, hallelujah, even if the problem seems insurmountable, even like it feels like it's impossible, you haven't talked to the person for 30 years, you feel like they hate you, you feel like the cops are after you, or whatever it is, hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody ever have cops after them? <laughs> Develop an action plan. Okay? The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. Hallelujah. 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 Diligent. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Oh, man. I've said this before, but before I respond, you see, there's this thing in your heart called turmoil. Have you ever had that? And it's it's almost like this this pressure that comes up in your body. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That feeling? Ugh. Angry, frustrated, irritated. When that feeling comes, what we want to do is we want to do something. The first thing that comes to our head. Punch. I was just thinking about that. I just yeah, saw myself some, kicking yeah, a wall some, or something. Something physical, right? Like yeah. the energy. Get the energy out, right? Yeah. You want to do something. Yeah. That's being hasty. Being hasty, and I'm learning this as I'm negotiating... Uh, uh, the bigger the deals that you're doing in negotiation, the longer you're going to have to wait. I'm learning this. The bigger, the bigger something is you're trying to get married, it's going to require some time, it's going to require some effort. It's a bigger deal. So you got to learn how to be patient in that. Because that is such an important part. And we want to be hasty. <laughs> yeah, this person he bought me flowers Whew. I feel it's the opposite of turmoil I feel this goodness in my heart I gotta do something right Woo. I got okay. okay yeah let's do it the hasty uh, one bad relationship could actually lead you to poverty I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Anybody ever have a bad marriage? Yeah. Yes and amen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. Very decidedly so. <laughs> it costs a lot. Yes. So that's why it's saying diligence means, you know, due diligence? Yeah, I like that term. Due diligence. It's like, I'm dotting my I's, crossing my T's, I'm inclining my ear, I want to understand this person before I invest. 
Have I ever had an argument with them? Have they ever not gotten their way? Hallelujah. What do they do on their phone at night? Huh? Are they on Tinder? <laughs> no? Yes? No? I don't even know. I've never been on there, but... Do diligence. Hallelujah. And I, I'm the first to be hasty in what I... Like, I just want it now. I want now. I want pizza now. Cheese. Pizza? Cheese. Right now. <laughs> right? Bam, bam, bam. Sugar. Right? Yeah. Give it to me right now. So when a problem comes, and that could be a financial problem, it's a, a problem with negotiations, a problem uh, with your family, and they teach that in negotiations is that if you're too hasty and you show all your cards right. you ain't got nothing well I'm willing to pay this much right you just because you just you feel this excitement and you just want to get it out hallelujah that, that this is me right now I'm preaching to myself come on hello Dan you gotta learn that I'm telling you because you know what? If, if God is about to do some amazing things in your life, He wants to do big things. Praise the Lord. He wants to put good things in front of you. And it's going to require understanding. It's going to require solving problems. You know what happens when you get married? You just inherited more problems. But I mean, it, it weighs out, right? There's good things. Yeah. But being alone and eating Doritos, like I used to do, and I used to just eat Doritos, and then uh, I would drink a High Life Miller Life, and I would just watch uh, skate videos, and and uh, life was easy. <laughs> Those flaming hot cheers were good. <laughs> I didn't know it, like. Just go to bed whenever I want. I can get up, open the fridge at three in the morning, shut it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just Hallelujah. make dishes. Clink, 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 clink. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm gonna go swimming. It's two in the morning. Come on. Jumping jacks. <laughs> but it's true. The more, but we want these things, and it's normal because it's like. There's these goodies that we want, right? We want to get married. We want to have a new business. We want opportunity. But being able to solve problems, and that's why before you get into something, what does that say? <clears throat> diligence. Due diligence. Let me find out everything about you. Backtrack one minute here. Okay. Try to understand because really that's 
That's the main point of this message. The knowing, and I teach, I teach this course, and this is so important, guys. Knowing the difference between your thoughts and the facts yes. is a is probably one of the most important things in right. problem solving. Because what we do is we make up if we we can make up scenarios in our head yeah. and it's not even true. Hallelujah. You looked at me funny. You don't like me. No, I looked at you funny because you had a booger on your nose. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yep. You looked at me funny. That's my thought. I'm thinking this. What's the fact? You ask the person, why did you look at me funny? I looked at you funny because you had a booger on your nose. Or maybe they didn't look at you funny at all. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay, no, I, I didn't look at you funny. I got gas right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... bit tired today okay you gotta have patience with me <laughs> oh lord okay develop an action plan what does the bible say what does the bible say the bible says do unto others which you would have them do to you. Right? So when you develop an action plan, okay, this is the question you have to ask yourself. Does my action plan only involve my happiness? Does my action plan involve your happiness? Does it involve everyone else's happiness in my family or in my surrounding, in my workplace? Because the, the only way you can solve a problem, okay, just write this down. The only way you can solve a problem is by developing an action plan. Hallelujah? Yes. That means I got to figure out what to do. Man, this is good. If someone isn't happy, if you really feel like like you have a valid opinion and the other person is not agreeing with you, hallelujah, you know it's going to be good for them, but they don't agree. Right? You got to ask the Lord. What is the strategy in this situation for the best outcome?
the point that I'm saying is that this is talking about doing unto others yeah. what you would have them do to you. Right. Do it first. So, <laughs> so maybe happy is not the best term, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes they're not there yet in their walk, but you know, you oh, you wish yeah. someone would do that for you. Yeah, yeah. When you were younger. I wish someone would have told me not to marry that woman. Anybody else? Okay. Right? I guarantee you 500 people told me. Probably my mom. I didn't listen to her. Why? Because I was hasty. I got to get, I got some butterflies in my stomach. I gotta get things done. Come on, right? And then, and then, you know how much it costs? It's still, I still, still paying. I'm still paying money. Still, still paying. Five thousand dollars. Still paying. Still paying. Hasty, hastiness leads to poverty. Ooh, this is good. Send that to your kids. Just put it, put it on a an, an iPhone. When they fall asleep, just press play, over and over. Hastiness leads to poverty. <coughs> Just be, like, it, it's really hard to teach a kid to be diligent and to do their due diligence. <coughs> right? It's hard. And you that's why you're, you're inclining your ear to understanding because you're asking the Lord, how do I deal with this? Yeah. Right? And that, that's really, that's really the crux of the matter is the inclination of ears. And it's all about awareness. Most problems are there because of our unawareness. Means we're just doing, doing, and we're not thinking and understanding. Okay. So here, here, here's the, the good part. Oh, not really. But here's the important part. Okay. Okay, so let, let me say this. The moment you've come up with an action plan, okay, you, there's a problem. You come up with the action plan, you're thinking not about just yourself, you're thinking about the other person, you're thinking about everybody involved in the problem. When you, you follow the action plan and it's not working, what, what does that say? Um, overcome, temptation. overcome temptation. Why is that there? Because the most disappointing thing that could happen to someone is your heart being so engaged and caring for someone and being aware and careful, this time I'm going to do things differently than how I've done it before. And you're, you've, you've, you did your due diligence. You've checked everything. Everything is good. Okay, this plan works. This is a good plan. God, I'm, I'm doing it. Wow. Come on. Praise God. I'm doing a good job. I'm changing. I'm being different. And then nobody cares. Nobody's seeing it. Nobody appreciates it. Hallelujah. The natural response is to fall into temptation. Well, if, 
I'm just going to do this then. When your efforts are in vain, that's when the devil comes and tries to tempt you. You guys with me on this? No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. <laughs> but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys are holier than me. Right? But I get tempted. I'm just being honest. Just the other day, I had a lot of, of bad things happen to me just in the past couple months. It really throws you off. Like I was saying, I'm, I'm being aware. I'm being godly. I'm reading the Bible. I, I'm not living a lifestyle that I used to live. I'm trying to walk a straight line. Hallelujah. Shouldn't everything be working out good for me then, right? Come on. And all this crap happens to me that I don't deserve. You know what came to my head? Just go have, just go have a beer, Dan. Just, just go drink a beer. Right? Not that I'm not, I can have a beer on a Friday evening. On a good day. I'm not promoting beer, but I'm just saying, I could have it. I've done it. I've had a beer on a Friday because I'm, I'm just going to have a beer. I'm in a good mood. But this is different. Yeah. This is temptation. And I saw the difference between me having control and this thing trying to get me into temptation where I'm actually trying to avoid the feeling. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. And you know what? This ball of turmoil tried to creep up in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. Can I say this, guys? That ball goes away. It goes away. That feeling goes away. If you wait long enough, if you're not hasty to go buy that beer, hallelujah, Amen. that feeling goes away. And you know what? I had a cry inside of me that I didn't know was there. It was deep, but it was in there. And I was trying to mask that cry with alcohol. Hallelujah. And as I just resisted the temptation, I resisted the urge because it was not a good beer. It was, that was a bad beer. Do you see the difference, though? That was a bad beer. There's a, there is a good beer. There's a bad beer. That's a bad beer. And this thing came up. And I just started crying. And then I started thinking, there's a conference over there in Langley. I'm just going to go to Langley. And just that thought. And then I got home. 
And I'm like, I'm not gonna go to Langley. <laughs> I feel better. I don't need that drink. I'm gonna have chocolate. It's just a joke. <laughs> I think the chocolate was more of a reward, yeah, right? It wasn't me trying to stuff it down. It was like, okay, right? Have a little something. You, you're, you're not a, you're not made out of uh, metal, right? You're not. My, like my wife says, I'm not a tree, right? I'm a, I'm a human being. I can flesh and blood, right? <laughs> you guys know this prayer? They hit something about problems in this prayer. They hit the bullseye. I don't know who came up with that. But it's funny because as I was studying this, that prayer came to my mind. Why? Because problem is powerlessness. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Wow. Come on. Grant me the serenity to accept things... I cannot change. Identify the problem. You identify, and that's what I'm saying, being pragmatic is taking yourself and saying, I can't change you, but I'm going to be over here professional, and I'm going to hear you out. I can't change you. Courage to change things I can. That's the action plan. Because, like I said before, changing, and you need courage to actually come up with a strategy. Why? Because a lot of times where you've done it before, you've got disappointed. And that's when the temptation came, because you tried something different, you tried to, to do it different this time, and the other person did not even see it. Right? They didn't even take they didn't even notice for one second. Like, I did you not notice that I just I actually bleached the floor today? Like, like usually I'd leave it dirty and I'm trying to change and you're not seeing it. It's not that the, I'm not talking about myself, but I'm right. Don't don't try to picture me. <laughs> <laughs> And then the person doesn't acknowledge it because it took me courage to actually change my behavior. It took me courage to try something different. Yeah. But then, but then what? Then, then, then I'm not acknowledged. And that what I was saying is that in the action plan, you have to give it time. The first time might, might not work right away. The first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth plan, the fifth plan, the sixth plan, the seventh plan might not work. 
the more you understand the issue, the more you come up with a, an action plan, the more you can do that action plan, the more you resist temptation, the more progress you're making. Because now, what happens, especially if it's drugs or alcohol, you falling into that temptation is actually causing your understanding to be blurred. True. And you like that sometimes, right? Yeah. I don't want to understand. I just want to have fun. Yeah. Girls just want to. Girls just want to. Guys are more You guys are good today. You're doing good. Only take ownership of what belongs to you. Wow. That means I can't change you. I cannot force you to have willingness. Who's with me? You can raise the dead. I can raise the dead, but I can't change your willingness. That's true. Cancer can get healed when I pray. Will of man is one of the hardest things. I, I don't know if I could lay hands on the will of a person. <laughs> I can't even cast the thing out. I can't cast out your will. It's your authority. You have it. It's each person has their own. So, so take ownership of your part. So, and here's what happens is that you come up with an action plan, right? Yes. And then everyone's got their role and people agree, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to show up at this time and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then what, what starts happening? Oh, that person's not doing their part of the bargain. So I'm not going to do my part. This yeah. person's being lazy. So I'm going to be lazy. Anybody with me here? So what I'm saying is take ownership of what of the action plan that you have determined regardless of what other people react. Hallelujah. I cannot force you to do anything. But you not cleaning up the house, the living room, should not stop me from cleaning the bathroom that I said I would do. Oh, right. What we do is we, we see the other person not doing it, and then we forget that we have our own, like, this is my part. This is the part I agreed to. Regardless of what anybody does, I'm going to do my part. Hallelujah. If my part with the band is to write the song. If Paul is working that day and Gigi can't make it and Maria's sick, should I say, well, I'm not going to write a song this week? Some people would. No. What Paul does and what Gigi does doesn't take me away from my responsibility. Because I said I was going to write a song. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it regardless. It's a little bit harder, right? It's harder to do it when everyone else is slacking off, right? Yeah. 
it's just true. It's true. Especially working in a place like this, like, <laughs> you know, like, I look at Charlotte, she does so much work, and then, you know, other people could come in and just schlop around and just, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, the kitchen is a little bit dirty. That's my fault. Hey, Helen did the dishes this week. <laughs> <laughs> but see, my problem should not affect Charlotte's day. I, because I, I'm depressed, I don't have to leave pizza there. Amen? Come on. Man, this is good. Amen. <laughs> sorry. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but who, he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay, I'm done. Man, I, we should probably order some food or something. Vora's not feeling too good, so please keep her in prayer. She's still, you know, it's a little bit harder. You see, you see, I should preach to myself because Bor is not there and I, I'm supposed to buy salad and I didn't do it. It's like, oh, Bor is not there. I'm not going to buy the salad. <laughs> right? It's true. Like, it, it's so tempting. It's so tempting. Okay. This is so important, guys. Detach the person from the problem. And th this, my friends... Write this down. This will save your life, I'm telling you. I, I, this is the trick of the century. This is the hat trick. This is like, do it three scores. Try that. Try it. I've actually learned this. Okay. When someone is angry, they're angry at you. Or they're angry at you for something else. They're blaming you. Get angry with them. Get angry with them about what they're angry about. Hallelujah. Yeah, you're right. Man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe... I'm so stupid. Does that work? It works, my friend. Because you know what you're doing? You're actually... You're coming into agreement with the person. You're not agreeing with necessarily what they're saying, but you're agreeing with their feeling. I'm telling you, this works very well. Take that for your marriage. This is good stuff. What I'm saying is take the person out of the equation in the sense where detach the person from the problem. Get angry at the problem, not at the person. Get angry at the demon, not at the person. Get angry at the behavior, not the person. Okay, so we looked at that. Due to others. Okay, and this is the final, final point. The thing is, on earth as it is in heaven, no problems in heaven. Hallelujah. You want to bring the kingdom of God down. Be a problem solver. Be the solution in your family. When everyone else is not 
on point. You come in. Hallelujah. You come in and you bring the kingdom. And this is the last point, and this is the most important one. Have you ever had a uh, magnifying glass? You have two choices when you're faced with a problem. You can magnify God, or you can magnify the problem. What is magnifying the problem? Making it bigger than what it is. And that's why in the Bible it keeps over and over, it keeps saying, magnify God. Make God bigger. Not that you can, but see Him as He actually is. And take the magnifying glass off of your issue or your problem. Come on. The power of God. That's why when you come and you worship God, when you pray and you worship and you lift your hands, what comes down? What does that look like over there? Power. 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 God, grant me the power. Hallelujah. Power. When you magnify God, when you get in tune with His power, when He empowers you, you don't feel powerless. Hallelujah. It's not even a problem anymore. Because I have the power of God that's flowing through me. And I don't feel powerless in any situation. Come on. Woo! Man, I'm telling you, if you see God for who He is, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, why don't we stand up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, in me. Death could not hold me down. Hallelujah. 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 God gave us a, He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm just going to read this verse. Now to him who is able to do far more, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask, think, according to what? The power that works in us. It's What it's saying is that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think, ask, or imagine. But it's according to the power that's working. That means it's according to the level of power that you're letting God flow through you. It's according to the level of the magnifying that you're doing to God. Revelations chapter 3 verse 21. 
Amen. We're going to sing this worship song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It keeps, that's good. Yeah. Come on. Revelations chapter 3, verse 21. you guys for believers it's not necessarily going to become easier do you know that persecution is coming there, there will be persecution but I want you to come prepared the problems will occur. Hallelujah. I want you to be equipped. Revelations chapter 3 verse 21. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me on my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father and his throne that's the Bible who he that overcomes he that overcomes will sit and I'm, I'm not it's not talking about the throne of God right now where he's at it's talking about something new he that overcomes will sit on my throne hallelujah come on I'm not talking about Santa Claus here. <laughs> Who's ready to overcome in this place? Yeah. Man, I'm... Yeah, I want to challenge you guys. I want you to, if you got time, go back in the podcast and listen or... or if you want, you can talk to me. I can send you these different points. But I got them from the Bible. I'm telling you guys, there's problems that you can overcome that seem insurmountable. That seems like there's no hope. I don't want you to be scared anymore. I don't want you to be afraid, to be assertive. loves you so much and he's saying God, we're saying God grant us the power grant us the power to see the difference between what we can control and what we can't control I want you to let go of your expectations tonight I want you to let go of your presumptions tonight let it go I want you to let go of that offense. I want you to let go of that fear. I want you to I want you to be able God we're asking you for the power to be pragmatic when it's time to be professional. God teach us how to separate the problem from the person. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Right now, I just pray for your power to come. Your power. Your power. Your power. Your power. Your power, God. 